following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Newey Scruggs. Here we are on a Monday. Hello, everybody. Mm-hmm. This is the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. He is the Toledo Rocket. Barry Church, yes, former undrafted safety with the Dallas Cowboys. Our other running buddy here on the show Danny McCray is out, so he'll return uh, to the Players' Lounge very soon. He's out on assignment. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys broadcaster here. Um, this is going to be a show, man, where we're going to try and keep it together here yeah. from the standpoint of Gary Brown, mm. former running back coach with the Cowboys, has passed away yeah. at 52 years old. <sighs> young. He, so young. GB is just a few months older than me. It's crazy. Okay, so so GB was a guy I watched run in college and run with the, the Houston Oilers. Yeah, he's a Houston, you know, New York. I mean, you know, to, to watch him do his thing, man, as a running back and then become a head, uh, become a running back coach where he was the head of that running back room, mm-hmm. just the way he treated those guys like kids. Um, our TV station, Channel 5, did a lot of different things with Gary. We knew him, and, and his one daughter was in need of a transplant. So you know, we, we've watched him go through some family health challenges, oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. And I knew he was in hospice, and then when you got the news yesterday, man, it was it was just very sad because he was such a good guy. Man, he, he was an amazing man. I mean, he was the type of guy who it didn't matter where you were, first round, second round, undrafted, you practice squad, no matter what it is, he treated everybody the same. And when you went out there, he, and he, he had that same demeanor each and every practice, no matter what the situation. We were 5-10 five and, five and ten, or we were you know 13-1. and one. He came with that same smile to practice each and every day, joking with us, keeping everything lighthearted. I mean, the guy was just an amazing man, amazing coach. And he, you know, he had DeMarco when he had his best years. He had, you know, Ezekiel Elliott his rookie year when he was flying all over the place. I mean, the guy was a hell of a coach, but even more than that, he was a hell of a man. And there was just so many life lessons he would teach you throughout the day. Just he would just sit down at our at our lunch table over there after practice and he would just chop it up with you. I mean, he'd be one of the only coaches that would sit down and eat lunch with his players. And he would literally sit there and just chop it up about anything, whether it's rap music, football, life in general. I mean, the guy was an outstanding man, and he treated everybody with just he, – he, he was just an outstanding man. He'd give the shirt off his back if he could. And, I mean, just these, this news is, like you said, it, it's very saddening. And um, he, he was such a young man, just young in life general. So, And he had so many trials and tribulations with family health, like you mentioned. Uh, it's just it's just very sad, you know, hearing the news about uh, GB passing. And, um, you know, condolences to his family. I know they're going through it right now, but, you know, condolences to them. And like I said, that guy was just a hell of a coach and even better. He was a hell of a man, father, you know, husband, all that good stuff. So, like I said, condolences to the family. But that was, man, that was a shocker right there. You don't want to think that when you're 26, 27 years old, that's the midpoint of your life. But essentially, oh, that's what it was Yeah. For, for Gary Brown. And whoever speaks at his funeral, I hope they say two words about him. And these two words you will understand because of what they mean in our culture. Mm-hmm. Good brother. Without a doubt. 
without a doubt. Good brother, solid brother, however you want to call it, man. He was he was all the above. And and that is a that is a a a term that is not given out easily and Mm-mm. you don't say about many people. Mm-mm. And when somebody speaks up for for Gary, just somebody please say he was a good brother. He was. And he was. when you when you you know that's why we're sitting here now, man, with just heavy hearts talking about Gary Brown. That was a good brother. He liked people in general. He would mm-hmm. he actually gave a damn about you when he talked to you. And you and I know in this business, there's a lot of folks who seeing past you or what is it you can do for me. Yeah, exactly. And he was the exact opposite. I mean, I remember when I was in Jacksonville, I'd be watching Hard Knocks over here in Dallas. And he was still the running backs coach. And I forget the uh, young man's name with the, with the goggles. I think his name was Hardy. I think his name yeah. running back Hardy or whatever it was. But they had segments in Hard Knocks where – you know, he was talking to Zeke and them, and he was coaching Hardy just as hard as he was coaching everybody else and saying what he needed to do to be able to make this team and make an impact in the league. And he treated everybody the same. Like you said, I mean, in this business, there's a lot of people that, oh, yeah, he'll smile in your face, but then, you know, when you turn your back, they'll say something about you. John Gruden. Exactly. We saw the words and everything said about John Gruden when he left. Mm -hmm. Chris Sims said, you know, John sat around here and was shaking my hand, then I heard him through the walls at one buck place, and him just sitting around here talking trash about me, you know, five minutes later. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of guy he was, ingenuous, but not Gary Brown, Mm -hmm. man. Gary Brown was a good brother. And so when you see the tweets and you see the remembrances of him, folks, it's real. It is. And, and we, I just wanted to start the show today to just say, man, I appreciated him. And as I've covered football through the years, there are people that you start and you realize, man, that was a good dude. Uh, Rich Bisaccia, who you knew mm-hmm. well. Rich Bisaccia was a – that was, you know, just like GB, man. It's a good brother right good there, dude. man. good dude. You know, dude. there's not that many. A lot of there's people think, you know, the coaches in the NFL, they, they're here. They, they must be great. Not all of them are great, man. Like, like just a specific few, a handful of guys that I've been around. That I could be like, man, like you said, that's either a good brother. That's a solid dude. He got your back through, thick and through. Those are two of them guys right there, man. One of the most. And you tell me, this is just my feeling. You played the game and you've been in two organizations, the Cowboys and you've been with the Jaguars. and You've got plenty of friends who've been with others. The word family gets used a lot. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's almost propaganda the way it gets used. Family and brotherhood. You would, come on. You know, we, have, we, we family <laughs> until, unless you, as long as you're doing what I need and you're giving me what I want, we family. But mm-hmm. then, you know, I remember one coach who was here that if you got hurt, this coach wouldn't even look at you. Players always said, man, dude wouldn't look at me. It's wild. Would look at me because I was injured. He felt like he couldn't help me. So he was, you weren't worthy of a hello from this coach. It, 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 you ain't lying. That's every time I, I did my ace or my Achilles and, there were times when you go into the you would go into the meeting room and they wouldn't even acknowledge that you walked in. Like it was just, just hey, take a seat in the back. Like, hey, what's up? You know, but it is wild. It is wild. And look how they did Bobby Wagner in Seattle. He had to find out he was cut through social media. The man played however many like nine, eight, ten years there, all pro, Mr. Seahawk, and that's how he had to find out. I man. mean. It, it, <laughs> So, and this is just my interpretation of this. Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the general manager, these these gentlemen good at their jobs and have gotten raises and have been celebrated for, for their success throughout mm-hmm. the league. If you don't have a Bobby Wagner, it doesn't work. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You don't, it doesn't work without him. Mm-mm. And that's what I find pretty amazing when these types of things happen, how you treat the very people who got you what you wanted. Helped you build it up. And that's how they did it, man. It's it's amazing how (laughs) folks will do you, man. I look at Coach K at Duke. 
And the administration at Duke wanted to hire Tommy Amaker to replace Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski blocked it. He didn't want that. He wanted John Shire to take over. And I go back. See, I was living in North Carolina mm-hmm. when Mike Krzyzewski and Duke were the fourth best program in the state, and they had a group of boosters called the Iron Dukes who wanted to run him out. Mm. They got beat like 40 or 50 in the ACC tournament one time by Ralph Sampson in Virginia. I mean, they wanted this guy gone because he gets there in 1980. 1981, North Carolina loses a national championship to Indiana. 1982, Michael Jordan hits the shot, and James Worthy's the MVP, and Carolina wins a national championship. 1983, Jimmy Valvano at NC State win the national championship mm-hmm. on that Lorenzo Charles dunk. They looking at Mike Krzyzewski like, man, you're not any good. And matter of fact, the time Wake Forest was around there making the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the fourth best program. This guy's bad. Get him out of here. That's what they wanted. He hung on. He had Johnny Dawkins. He had Jay Billis. He had Mark Allery, mm-hmm. uh, David Henderson. And his point guard, the point guard he got to run the show was Tommy Amaker. Mm. So they, go to the na- they go to the national championship game in 1986. They, and here in Dallas, at mm-hmm. reun, old Reunion Arena, they lose to Louisville. But then eventually he goes on a run where he's seven Final Fours in a row, wins a national championship in 1991 and 1992. And Tommy's also on his staff as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Tommy helped build what he had. Yeah, and this is what, how he did Tommy Amaker. Yeah. Nah, man, you don't get it. John Shire gets it. John Shire never been a head coach. Never. See how they do it, man. And it's, uh, So I say, man, you, you, these folks talk about family. So many times mm. in sports, these coaches talk about family, and rarely many of them mean it. Gary Brown treated people like family. Like I said, no matter who you were, no matter who you were, you, he would come in there, and he took it out of his time to come down. They might have coaches' meetings in you know three, four minutes. He made sure he came down to that lunchroom each and every practice to chop it up, whether it be 10 minutes, whether it be three minutes. He would come and chop it up. It didn't even have to be about football. Like He, he, he rarely talked about football. Most of the time it was life topics going out there in the world today. I mean, he really would, would sit down and, and make sure he had a, a a really good conversation, a solid, genuine conversation with guys out there. And, you know, I thank him for that, for sure. And he had the running backs at his house. He had he had, he had had different things at his house, and so they knew his family. And um, you were talking about making it a brotherhood and a family. That's what that's what a lot of these coaches don't do. He brought them to his house to make sure – this is this is my family. I want y'all to introduce yourselves because y'all can be a part of this big family as well. I've, I've been in Garrett House one time. <laughs> Not really. And that was a part of some, oh, you know, this captain's meeting, so I got to get up in there. But I'm telling you what, man, it's, GB that, was a hell of a dude. And that's the, hell once again, that's the sad part is you're sitting around here, you're thinking about how does a good guy like that leave us so soon? So soon, man. And, and that's the part that's, that's tough, man. And um, so – by the way, he was over at Wisconsin. So, uh, Wisconsin football, man. And um, he was a running backs coach there this this past season. And, and I'm just checking Twitter right here. And just Was he there with, with Taylor? No, no, no. He was just, it was just this year. Just, just, okay. Here, okay. just this year. And this is from Coach Paul Chris. He says, Gary was a tremendous person, tremendous coach, and a joy to be around. He had great energy and a passion for life that showed every day. That's just what we've said. Yeah. What we've just said, this is what he – I mean – and, and and I've follow me on Twitter at Newey Scruggs. It's N E W Y S C R U G G S. I'm gonna tweet this clip of you just see Gary right here with these running backs, and my gosh, he's so skinny. That's what when I first I saw that picture earlier today, and I was like, he, man, he's so skinny. But so um, skinny. Just the way he went about his business and his job, and you just, I mean, and the smile you just see on his face, man. Uh, GB man, uh, I know you looking up. Without a doubt. And uh, just know that that we 
those of us who had the interactions with oh, you, yeah. man, we're blessed. Yes, we were, man. Yes, we blessed were, without to, a doubt. to be here with, with GB. Um, 52 gone too soon. And another story of the weekend, and I – and this, unfortunately, this is kind of the theme man. of our show to start it, to, to, to hear the passing of Dwayne Haskins. Oh, man. You talk about 52, then you talk about 24. 24-year-old quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was drafted by the Washington football team and that, now the Commanders. Mm-hmm. And to see the – he got hit by a truck uh, uh, on, on a highway in Florida. He was out there training. Out. Yeah, he was jogging to work, man. And, uh, you know, man, you just it, – it's, it, it's awful. Yeah, not only was he 24, but he had a family. He had a wife and a kid, and man, just. Mm. And and despite some some negative things that were said about him, I will remember two things distinctly about Dwayne Haskins. One, guy was a heck of a player at Ohio State. Oh yeah. In a place <laughs> that has had a lot of good players. I I worked up in I worked up in Ohio. I worked in Cleveland, so I have an understanding of what Ohio State football means in that state and what it means to be one of the mm-hmm. best to ever do it there. Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback was a record setting quarterback at the Ohio State. Did he University. touchdowns, I think, that one year. Folks, what he did there was, you know, the, incredible. The, now so so th- I give you that. This is something that we don't talk about enough. Of, okay, how good was Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State? He was so good, Joe Burrow had to transfer. This is true. This is true. Joe Burrow was on that roster. Joe Burrow was. He had to get up out he of was there. The, he, Yes, he beat out Joe Burrow. Urban Meyer gave the job to Haskins. He beat out Joe Burrow. Burrow ends up transferring to LSU, becomes a Heisman Trophy winner, mm-hmm. wins a national championship, and becomes the first overall pick in the draft. But that was how good Dwayne Haskins was at Ohio State he that he pushed that guy down. Yeah, <laughs> we see the type of guy Joe Burrow is right now. You play college football, I you mean, know, man. That dude, just to say, I mean, and Haskins went out there and had one of the historically great years at in college football. I think he led him to the, nat- the Natty, right? They, or was that Cordell? They didn't. That was Cordell. That was Cordell. That was, Cord- that was I mean, Cord- Cord- Cardell Jones when they played here, but yeah. just his he was a fantastic football I mean, player. He was. Man. He was. The man. guy was a baller. So um, they they ended up winning the Big Ten, and they they, they couldn't. Uh, couldn't get it done in those uh, in the playoff in the game, playoffs, but okay. but just the guy was a hell of a player. Yeah, he was man. Yes, hell, he was. You player. can never take that away from him. And he was a hell of a player at Ohio State. And um, you know, no need for us to, to dive into what he did no. professionally. Yeah. I prefer to think about the positives for that young man. Without a doubt, man. without a doubt. And you hope his family can try and do what they can to process this because, honestly, but I don't know how you do it. I don't either. I mean, parents should never have to to, to bury their children. And, I mean, that's 24 years old. Um, He had a family, wife. I mean, that – the, the, I, mean, I couldn't even imagine what I was doing at 24. I mean, it's this man. The Chase Claypool social media video. Uh, I mean, I, I I couldn't get through. I mean, it made me shed a tear out there. I mean, that is just, man. To see your friend like that, and it, man, that. Man, it, it was a, to, if you have not mm. seen the Chase Claypool video, if you if you look it up on on Twitter, it is it will show you what he meant. Yeah. And and what teammates are, Barry, you understand what teammates are and what they mean to you. Mm-hmm. And guys who you go to war with. Yeah. You you go you go to war with those guys each and every Sunday. And it's not even just the Sundays. You're battling 
you know, off season training camp. You got OTAs. You got to be you're you're with these dudes going through the same process, the grueling process of football. I mean, training camp you used to have two a days back in the day. I mean, you're with these guys almost 24 seven battling for the same type of goals to reach the same type of goals. So you become that brotherhood. You get real close with these guys, almost like a family, almost like a blood family out there. So I can understand what was going through uh, Chase Claypool's, you know, just emotions as that video was processed. I mean, it was just to see your brother down like that and just, I mean, in his last moments, I mean, that's, that's, that's emotional right there, man, without a doubt. So uh, for the Steelers, as they try to move forward, mm. I feel for that organization because that has to be processed, man. Yeah. That's where we, you know, we're, we all get to turn the page. They don't. That's Mm-mm. there. There's a locker to be cleaned out. There's a there's a there's a brother who's not coming back mm. to the room, nope. and for 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 those folks, as a you know, there's a son who's not coming. There's a dad. Yeah. All those man. things that are there, man. Um, I feel for him. I feel for yeah. him. And so uh, I go back to what, what my very good friend Delatoro McNeil, uh, international speaker, uh, has said, and he said it on stage many times. He says. Don't tell me you can be here today, gone tomorrow. He says, you can be here today and gone today. No, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's hit our first break here. Let, let, we'll, we'll get into some football talk here. We'll, we'll, we'll turn it up a little bit towards some positives. Um, the draft is coming up. Mm. I have a thought about Mike McCarthy and what's going on here, and I want to I hit you with it. Let's do it. And, and see maybe, maybe, because you played this game and you've understood heat on coaches mm-hmm. and, and what that can mean for Mike McCarthy. He's Barry Church. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is a Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek. Get your seat in a seat. 
Back to the Players' Lounge. Head to the Star in Frisco for the 2022 Cowboys Draft presented by Miller Lite. The party starts Thursday, April 28th. Enjoy live draft coverage and entertainment starting at 6 p.m. Okay, then Friday. It is the draft night out featuring a free youth camp and specialty draft weekend menus. And then Saturday morning, run or walk in the draft day 5K presented by Baylor Scott and White Health. And stick around for drink specials, live music, and more during the Star Draft Fest. Okay. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash draft. And that's that, that, that once again, this is the beauty of, of what Jerry Jones does. It take this man and taking a day where we just supposed to watch the TV. Now he gonna have a party. He go. He, he got three days of of, of, of stuff, and uh, we gonna do a five k run. You the gonna run five k run? You gonna run before the draft, and then we got drink specials after. So go on and earn your beer, earn I mean, your calories, earn, baby. Uh, earn that margarita. <laughs> The man knows how to get yeah. out here and promote it. He now. does. He does. Man. He is very church under his scrugs. This is the Players Lounge. Danny McCray with day off. Jazz handling things for us as Chris Bean is uh, taking care of Mrs. Bean back home. Mm-hmm. Our best wishes to her in yes, a speedy indeed. recovery here from the show. A lot of draft stuff I'm seeing. People are talking wide receiver. People are talking about offensive line. Okay. And I'm not married to anything right now. Okay. What does that mean by what's that mean? Yeah, because I want to do what the I, I want to do the Pittsburgh Steelers approach. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers rarely trade up or down. They stay where they are. They take the best the best away. availability. Yeah. Okay. Because they're just you know along the way. What do we know is going to happen? They're going to be some guys that you're like ooh you drafting that guy here. For instance, the Raiders got pick of all the receivers they want. <laughs> we want Henry Ruggs. You had Jerry Judy out there. Jerry Judy, better player than him at, at, at Alabama, yeah, C.D. Lamb. But this, you know, they, 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 you know Je- Justin Jefferson out here. So, so they let not. We want that guy. Mm. Okay. Okay. And so here with the Cowboys, just sitting around. All right, we're just gonna let this thing unfold. So then Jerry Judy comes off the board. I mean, here's C.D. Lamb just sitting here looking at you at 17. They were going most likely Travon Diggs, yeah. where you and I talked about. I, I for Diggs sure. is the guy, man. I for sure. Take Diggs. Here's C. No. We just gonna sit up here and we'll just take CD Lamb. Okay. And right in front of them, the uh, the Falcons with Dan Quinn's last year, they, they took AJ Terrell out of Clemson, who's turned out to be a really good fo- extremely football solid player. Corner. Okay, extremely he's a solid good corner. football player. Yes, he is. And so the Cowboys take CD Lamb. What do they do? Like, stay, just keep on waiting. Mm-hmm. Who falls to you in the second round? Draymond Diggs. Yeah, we thought was gonna be a for sure first round player. Okay. Yeah. So you're sitting around here with two blue chip players. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be great. So at 24. Where everybody's trying to slide this person. You know what, man? Just sit there. Because if the best defensive lineman is there, then you can take the best defensive lineman. It's the best offensive. I mean, you've got options. you got options. I will to, say that. To sit there options. at 24 and take a good football player. This is true. But I will say this. In this trap, there's going to be some position where they got to hit. They got to sure. hit. Because I, like we talked about earlier, this offensive line is aging. Some holes here and there that we need fixed. So they're going to have to hit on one of these specific positions. I think, like you said, it's got to be somewhere in the trenches, either the D-line or the offensive line. They've got to hit. Now, I don't think, uh, you know, a ton of cats are going to go off early in the board. So I think they'll have their choices of, you know, hopefully, hopefully those cu- couple centers, um, the one from Iowa and I forget mm-hmm. the other one out there. So hopefully they'll have the choice of those two guys and maybe they'll hit on one of those. But I think they have got to address the trenches in this draft early, early as possible because we saw what happened in the playoffs. They got well, bullied and beat up in the trenches. Well, you know, and I look at the Thursday, Friday. You know, those are your first, your, your yep. first three rounds. Round one on Thursday, round two, three Friday. 
I believe that you'll get there. Gotcha. But at 24, and Ozzie Newsome, who is a Hall of Fame tight end with the Cleveland Browns, but I challenge you that this was also a Hall of Fame general manager for the Ravens. <laughs> he brought some talent in there. He did. Never missed, man. He hard he hard he he missed on receivers. <laughs> for some reason, Ozzie couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't. He, he couldn't knew dial a tight it up. end. Yeah, he, he didn't know on receivers. He couldn't dial he it up. Get, but everywhere else, he was really, really he was good. Money. He was he really, was really good. For a so, long time. So so just stay right there and go get yourself a draft pick who is going to be a solid contributor starter for you for the next four or five years, yeah. minimum. Got to. So, so that's how I see this thing. People want to, oh, we need the receiver. Do you? I don't think you need you him as, as much. I don't think the skill position, I think, you can address later on in the draft. Yeah, so you can shake a tree. There's a, a, a bunch plethora. of fall yeah, there's a plethora of receivers. Oh, man. You're talking about speed and just production. I mean, there's a plethora of receivers out there. So I think you can definitely get into that in the later rounds, maybe third, fourth, fifth type uh, selections. And as far as the defensive skill players, I got – you got you got corners. You still have guys that are that were draft picks last year that are still trying to develop to, to crack the lineup. So you you you're deep at corner. Safety you may need a little bit of touch up on. We already talked about the defensive line. So I think on both sides of the football, your skill positions you can reach later in the, later in the draft for those. So it comes down to the trenches in the first couple of rounds, and I think we have a plethora of, of guys in there that we can go ahead and grab and uh, make this team better. I am. Looking at the wide receiver position, and I see so many people that want to, you know, just just put the Cowboys with a receiver. That sexy position. That's what it and is. And that was it's fantasy football. <laughs> That's what it is. You look at fantasy football. That's exactly what it is. And I go back and just say, okay, who's the last receiver who just signed a contract? Big deal. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Second. Oh, second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Second round pick. Yeah. And before him, Tyreek Hill. Was he second or third? Fifth round pick. Fifth. At Oklahoma State. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. That's he right. Had yeah, that's, the, yeah, he had all yeah, the field issues. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, and before that, Devontae Adams, second-round pick. Yeah. So this premise that you have to have these guys in the first round hit to be receivers for you, no, not at all. Super Bowl MVP. And, and, and triple crown triple receiver. He was a triple he received, or receiving yards, TDs, receptions. He won all three last year. It's not a first-round pick. Small school guy, too. Yeah. So, so – I'm looking at this thing from a receiver standpoint for, for these fans that are doing these mock drafts right now. Like, eh, you don't really have to. You don't. What you have to do, and this is where, it, Barry, you understand mm-hmm. this from having played the safety. It becomes about how does this guy fit within our scheme? Exactly. How does he fit with what you're trying to do? How does he play off of C.D. Lamb? How does he work with the Dak Prescott? Mm-hmm. And, and so not everybody's going to fit in that fashion. Nope. Can't do it because if you look at our skill position on the offensive side, you got your, your tight end who he might not be a dynamic guy, but he's a solid, solid pass catcher out there. You got C.D. Lamb who he can be that move around guy. He could play in a slot. He could play outside. He can be your gimmick guy. He could be your all around wide receiver. And then you have Gallup who hopefully, you know, when he comes back from injury, maybe two, three games into the season, he's your bona fide outside receiver. So you got to figure out a way to get that, I think, that slot type receiver that can work in between those those numbers and those hashes and can get you some he's very quarterback friendly, kind of like a Beasley situation. And I feel like you can find a plethora of those in this draft. You don't have to go early to find a guy like that. You can address those trenches with our skill position. We can find a receiver later on in the draft. I promise you he'll be just as productive as if we found a guy in the first or second and, round. And there's some talented receivers in this draft. They're, they're, they're really extremely they're talented, really yes. But I will tell you this, and, and I've, I've done this before um, in past drafts. I haven't done it yet, Pierre. But go back to where you see five or six receivers go in the first round and then look at the number of those receivers of the five or six guys who actually work out. Yeah. It's a low number. Very low. You got maybe one or two? It's a low number. Each You're season, gambling maybe. very yeah. high. Yeah. You probably, and I, I have to run the analytics and statistics on it, 
but it's probably closer to to a standard deviation of getting a better interior player, mm-hmm. be it offense or defense, mm-hmm. that works impact. out for you yeah. in the earlier round than a receiver. Yeah. It's just tough because going back to the variables, quarterback, system, there's just different things, man, that go mm-hmm. into that thing. There's a whole it, lot. And at receiver, it's not just, you know, this is who I got to block. I got to line up and I got to block this guy. You got to read defenses. They're in zone. They're in man. Then if they're in zone, that makes your route do this. If they're in man, you got to do this with your route. So it's a lot. It's a big time learning curve from college to the NFL. You know, now their days are getting these receivers and these air raid offenses where they just line up and hike the ball. You got to run a specific route. Now when you get to the, to the to the National Football League, I mean, there's a lot to understand with running routes and what to do at the top of your route to get a defensive back off of you. I mean, it's reading defenses. There's a lot that go into it. So I think it's harder, like you said, to come in as a skilled position as a receiver and get quality snaps versus an interior guy like an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman where they got one specific job. Either block this dude or beat that dude on the block. And the missing on a wide receiver just does so much damage. You just look at Philadelphia and what's happened mm. with Jalen Rager. They had to go spend a number one, a number one pick the next year yeah. on a receiver. They've been missing for a while, too, over All there. Right, so instead of you getting Jefferson, you took Rager. Mm. So now you got to go spend another pick. You got to move up in the draft, give up a third to go get a receiver. Yeah. And, and that's that's where you say you miss on that thing, man. Ooh, it, it can it can hurt you. It can roll downhill quickly. It, right. It can it, it can. <laughs> It could be hard on you, man. So that's why I'm like, man, if I'm a miss, let me miss on somebody you know, in the inside here. Because yeah. like you said, you, you, you got skill. You got guys out there that can get the job done. To me, we just got to show up that offensive line. So let me take this into Mike McCarthy. Okay. Church. So many times when a player is either in the last year of a deal or a player seems to understand Hey, I've got this contract, but we know it becomes a what have you done for me lately type thing. Are you living up to your version of the contract? Sometimes guys give you some really good performances under that pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, pressure. What, you know, you squeeze an orange, what you get? You get orange juice, you get what's inside. Pressure makes diamonds. What if Mike McCarthy gives you something this year that's really Oh, I hope it happens, dude. Because oh, I hope it happens. He has to know you. Come on, baby, you reading the tea leaves? Oh, he sees it. They, right. they might not be saying it to your face, but you, you can see what's going on out here. Right. You see the landscape. So you do have control over this right now. Yeah. You know, this is they, it. Sean Payne ain't been hired yet. You know, Dan Quinn ain't got the job yet. So you still have an opportunity to turn this thing. Your way. They call it a prove it year, right? You, know, you see it all the time with players. They take those one year prove it years and. And we'll see what happens there. Joe Flacco, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens yeah. a couple years ago. He had one year left on his rookie deal. Goes out there, wins the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 47. They all have a deal. He said, nah, that nah. ain't it. I think I'm an elite quarterback. Went out there, won Super Bowls, won Super Bowl MVP. And a million dollar quarterback. Because I also think of it this way, if you're Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Okay, clearly he doesn't feel that his that he's done. He, he feels like he's got more years coaching. Oh, yeah. So yeah. He just got let's, back into this thing. So let's say you have another year where you win the division – and maybe they make a change, but if you've won the division, you've had two years in a row where you've got to you're, – you're, somebody else out there is going to see you they and say, come on. Right, right. So there's me. a lot here. That's the one I thought about. Man, there's a lot for Mike here. There is. And, it, and if I'm Mike, and if, I'm, if, if this, is, this is my one-year prove-it, pressure makes diamonds, I can't bust on this situation, I'm calling plays. I'm going down. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. I can't go down for somebody else calling a run when I wanted it to be a pass or vice versa. If this is if the if I'm pushing all my chips in the middle for this one season, I gotta be the guy making these calls. Now I'll come back and, and, and hit you because he talked a little bit about it. He had said, "Hey, when you're calling plays, there's just so much of you that's not involved in the rest of the team, and he wants to be involved in the rest of the team." 
But and, be, being involved in the rest of the team, I mean, I, I, you sprinkle here and there, but at the end of the day, you're, you're not really putting your suggestion out there. You're just helping everybody else out. Like, and you're the head guy. I'm like, man, I, I got to put all my chips on the, on the side of the ball that they brought me here to do, to do things with. And that's the offensive side of the football. And if I'm him, you know, look, I, you got Dan Quinn over there. Hey, this is your defense right now. I understand that you might be next in line to get this job if I fail, but this is your defense. You got to go out there and make it do what it do. I'm going to handle this offensive side of the ball and do what I do best, and that's supposedly call plays because I was in the lab. I was in the lab while I was out. So hopefully he can come back here. But like you said, no, this is going to be an extremely pressure-filled year for him. And, you know, hopefully he's able to come in there and, and meet the table and hopefully he's able to rise to the occasion because, like you said, if he doesn't and he has a mediocre year, I can see him out of here. I can see it. I think we're going to get a real. He's you know he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's so a Pittsburgh he, cat. So, so you got know how they, he, he, he'll he'll have the chip. He got him. He may have an Orlando Scandrick size oh, chip. Oh, that's a huge chip now. Oh, right, he may have that Scandrick size <laughs> chip coming into this year. <laughs> How can you not feel disrespected if you're Mike McCarthy? Oh, you got to feel extremely. I mean, you got guys over here talking about then, then the owner saying, oh, yeah, Sean Payton. I mean, he's, he's, he's a hell of a coach now. I'm still here. I'm still coaching. I just, I might not have done a long run in the playoffs, but I got this team to the playoffs. We turned it all the way around from when I first arrived here. And you over here talking about Sean Payton. Dan Quinn, I mean, he had a lot of suitors out there. I'm the head coach. <laughs> like, I, it's got to. He's got to feel some sort of disrespect from this whole con- this whole transaction. Well, the Rich Eisen interview he gave it. I mean, the, really, the, the interview I need to see Mike McCarthy on to really give us the whole thing. And he, he need to go to the red table. Talk to Jay. <laughs> he need to go talk to Jay. All types of entanglements. Entanglements. Dan Quinn. You want the tea spill? Go to the Reds. That's where he need to get on exactly. next, man. Jada, I don't know if you do football coaches, <laughs> but, I, on there. but please, please bring Mike McCarthy oh, to the Reds. Oh, you get all the tea out there after that, man. <laughs> that. I mean, really, man, that's where he need to be. He need to be on there. He needs to be on Look at everything, all the back behind the scenes of what's going on, how he really thinks about Sean Payton and everything. <laughs> It's going, it's going to come out come on that red yeah, table. Listen to what Jerry had to say on his own radio show. I mean, I'm telling you. Then you got, I mean, woo child. I'm telling you, man. Red table talk, man. Jada and, and, and Mike McCarthy. I mean, the entanglements and everything All else. types of it. <laughs> yes. It would be very, very good. But like you said, it's going to be extremely – I mean, what type of work conditions are that? Knowing, you know, your replacement, right – you know, it might be right next to you in the, in the coaches' meetings – you got Sean Payton looming over your head. And if he gets on TV eventually, who knows? He, he might go to a – yeah, the Cowboys are struggling over there, you know. But McCarthy, he doesn't really – you know, I don't know. So it's, it's just a whole bunch of pressure just mounted on top of his shoulders. And like you said, hopefully he can uh, rise to the occasion. Hey, look, if it's one thing we've seen over – you're talking about tea being spilled. Um, is that Sean Payton is a wanted guy. Yes. Stephen Ross was ready to go ahead and bring in Tom Brady and hire Sean Payton and give up <laughs> assets to the Saints. And so, look, you're going to have to give up assets to get him because yeah. of the contract. So, if Stephen Ross was sitting up here ready to do it until Flores hit him with the lawsuit, there's going to be more people looking for Sean so Payton. You, so, even though he retired, they still got to like pay that contract if they want him to come back? Well, they own the rights. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Man. They own the rights. So, when Brett Favre tried to come back, that he wanted to sign Minnesota, Green Bay like, no, we got your rights. We're not tra- mm. we're not going to trade you to Minnesota. So they sent him to the Jets. 
Mm. You're not even gonna be in the NFC. We sending you over here. I know. Even if you retired, I thought if you retired, it was just slate. But nope. When Gronk, <laughs> when Gronk right. came back, Tampa Tampa had to trade to make a trade with New England. Oh, that is true. okay. Yeah. So Man. so they got the rights. Mm. Otherwise, well, you imagine how many people we retired from the NFL. Did they come right back? <laughs> I'm how done. Many, how many dudes do you play in Jacksonville? <laughs> you would have retired. I'm out. Oh, oh, this is what we're doing. I'm out. Coughlin's here. I'm out. Retired. A month later. Uh-huh. Like, I'm back. I'm, I'm over back. here. I'm over here with right. Tennessee. I'm over right, right. Do you, I mean, do you know how raggedy the league will be oh, if that's man. all you had to do? Cats will be retired for a week. I yep. quit. <laughs> Tom Brady, 40 days. I'm back. I'm back. Popping right. up over here somewhere, man. I'll yes, tell you yes. what. Yes, No, they have to have those contracts <laughs> in place, brother. You, you have agents and teams. If you retire, we'll come get you. That's all you got to do. Just man. get up out of here. Man. Deshaun Watson would have been retired how long ago? That is true. Okay. That is true. That is true. A lot of cats would have been up. Baker Mayfield will retire right about now. So a whole lot of folks, man. A whole lot of folks. Baker going to get somewhere? No. He's going to be a bad Okay. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. Baker Mayfield. Take a break. I'm going to tell you exactly. Take a break. I'll tell you exactly what I think happens with Baker Mayfield next in his quarterback carousel. We'll see. He's Barry Church on the Respects Players Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Back to the Players' Lounge. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Dallas Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Mm. Join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details and join today. Also, the reminder, A, the draft issue is out of the Star Magazine. Yes. Now, look at that bad boy right there. There See? it is. Right here. Foya, yeah, foya. Yeah. So, all the information, Dave Hellman. Uh, Nick Eatman, Derek Eagles, all the staff, man, Rob Phillips, man, they're cranking out outstanding coverage, so make sure you get that so you know 
who the Cowboys plan to take in every year, man. When the Cowboys do their drafting, there's a bunch of the names are already in here, so you can be the smartest fan in the room. Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. He's Barry Church. I'm Scruggs, Danny McCray with the day off. So, you were talking about Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation with a Sooner fan just last week. Mm, Sooner fan. I said, first off, just give me that clip from the Fresh Prince when Will Smith was like, mad about his dad. I told you, don't want me, man. don't want me, man. Like, <laughs> make him put it out there for the Colts. I want to go to the Colts. And they went and got mad right. I told you, don't want me, they man. They don't want me. Why don't nobody want me? Right. Because you owed $18 million this yeah. year. It's a state price, man. $18 million, man. Man, ain't gonna, I mean, that ain't nothing to just bat your eye at. Right. So $18 million, and we know the Browns can't pay you $18 million this year. Yeah. So therein lies the whole rub of things, man. And this is what's so frustrating when I hear about Devontae Parker gets traded to New England for a five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for a three. For three yeah. And why did you get a Cooper for a five? Even my man Clarence Hill, dog team, put that out there. I'm like, folks, because – about, it's about deadlines. So I've been I've been studying this in my negotiations class. I see, I see yeah, yeah. TCU, all right? <laughs> that work. So once everybody in the league knew there was a deadline that you had to meet or Cooper was getting his $20 million, you lost the leverage. That was it. I wanted three. I mean, you got three days. <laughs> you could take this five. Right. You got you got three days, <laughs> or you're going to have to pay this dude a whole 20 mil. So you better take this five. I got this five for you. What you going to do with it? What you, right. What you going to do? And nobody else was doing it because everybody knew, hey, man, you got to pay this guy. If you don't, it ain't. It's $20 million, right, right, right. And you don't want to pay the $20 mm-hmm. million. So therein lies the ability to make the deal happen. People got to understand the BATNA, your best alternative to a negotiated outcome, agreement, negotiated agreement, which means what's your bottom line? Yeah. What is your what is the thing you're most interested in if you're the Cowboys? Getting Cooper's $20 million off, off the, your cap. Get it off the books. That is the most important thing to you. Mm-hmm. Not getting a three, not getting a two. It's we don't want to pay $20 million. They didn't have leverage, because it's like guaranteed. Because yeah. if we pay this dude $20 million, we can't keep other people. So we've got to get money. Mm-hmm. Everybody else knows this. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't the only ones that knew that. Everybody else knows this. So <laughs> when, I, when I see different media folks coming out there, wow, you know, Cooper only got for five. Because of the leverage, man. Simple as that. That Stephen Jones has always said this through the years. Deadlines make deals. Yeah, that's true. Because everybody knew you had to sit around here, pay him $20 million you, you didn't want Because you didn't said you didn't want to do it. It's the thing, too. You didn't advertise somebody. You don't want to do it. Should have kept him, but that's, just, that's another story for another situation. But So that's the issue there. Now, you go back to Baker Mayfield. Everybody in the league knows you can't pay him $18 million. What's on? his deadline? For, what's, the, what's the deadline for that? Um, bottom line, you want to get you what what you want to do by June first is get the cut so you can split it up into you know write it off yeah, over two years over two years instead of that lump sum at the, yeah right so we know you don't want you're not trying to pay Baker Mayfield eighteen million dollars and pay Deshaun Watson this money and you signed a backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett yeah so how many quarterbacks are you trying to pay that's gonna be the whole it'd be, it'd be, yeah no, nothing for nobody else so why are you trading for Baker Mayfield ain't nobody don't do that now. The Washington Commanders would have been wiser to trade for him than that old mess they got and all of, they gave up for Carson Wentz. Oof. But hey, it's the Commanders. Ooh, it's the, they gonna, it's what they, they gonna do. find a way to mess things up. You know, it's that's what, what they losing do. teams they, do. Yeah, they, they find, wandering they in the desert oh, when man. it comes to a quarterback. I feel bad for Ron Rivera, but you know, it is what it is. You signed up for it. You signed up for the deal, huh? At some point, say no. Say no, Ron. Tell him no. Bring the ageless wonder back, man. Like I said, man, you, 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 you all did that. You all did that to yourselves. Yeah, this is true. So people knowing that Baker Mayfield is going to come free, why am I going to well, pay I the give number? Him, I give him premium for it. 
And why do I want to give a pick for a guy who I don't know if he's that good? Yeah, he's a, I, th- I say he's an average quarterback. Okay. I want to pay. I want to give up picks for versus, yeah. hey, man, you want a spot, come on down here. Yeah, yeah. Battle for one. If you're Pete Carroll, hey, man, come I'd, on up here. Yeah, I'd take, I'd take him over uh, Drew Locke over like, at Seattle. So. Like, hey, man, you know, I played with short dudes before. One with little dudes like you. You want to get you some or not? But I ain't giving. I ain't paying them eighteen. <laughs> well, no, you're not paying eighteen. Not without incentives. No, no, no. I mean, here's here's ten. We make it to the playoffs or something. You can get right, a little something, something. Right. But here's ten, and then we'll incentivize you. Right. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Once again, the negotiations. There it is. Where you sit around here. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I'm learning so much. <laughs> I'm about to be a GM. A GM, do y'all? Yeah. That's what you do, man. <laughs> yes, sir. You, hey, if you you play X amount of games, you get this bonus. You 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 know. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things you can put into the contract to incentivize him to get him back to the mm-hmm. 18 million dollars. Mm-hmm. But also, if you're him, hey, man, Seattle's been a winning program with a good head coach who's won with quarterbacks of your stature. So for Baker Mayfield, that could be a very positive result. And if I'm Seattle, I would feel very good if he got out of the open market. I can make a deal for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, it could be done. It could so, be done. So there's there's places to go, but no, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to give up a draft pick. Nor mm. am I going to pay 18 million dollars for the guy. Nah. It doesn't. You don't have to. And he's too much of a presence too. That, that kind of hurt him as well. Just being that, he always got to say something. You know, like some some catchers, you know, hey man, you just let it kind of roll off their shoulder. Nah, not with this dude. He, he gonna he gonna say something. Which is why I go back to why Dak Prescott is such a good football player and such a good guy for this team. Yeah. If you wanted to be a talker, a lot of people this will let you talk. Oh, yeah. This, oh, this play, don't, don't put some cameras. Don't put don't, some mics right, in front right, of you. Right, right. And, and that's why I have a lot of respect for him, the way he handles the job, the way he goes about it. You don't see him doing a whole lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Here. And, mm-hmm. and that was where Baker got into trouble. You did way too much talking before you – you know, you got to deliver. Got to. And, the boy was doing pro- – 12 progressive commercials before you know, he, he did anything in the league. You know, and I don't have an issue with that. But at some point in time, you had to back up what you're doing. Yeah. Talking about this is his house. Everybody and, else winning but you. And, and when management felt like, hey, man, you're immature. What they say, we want a, an adult. An adult, adult, adult quarterback. I mean, your, mm. your wife all up here on the on the ground. Yeah, that's another thing. You can't, you can't. Try to sit up here and basically say other people on the team need to fight with the heart he had. Then he was talking about other cats' money back in the day with Duke Johnson. That's, a, that's the one of the biggest no-nos you can do in a then locker room. Then he had room. the stuff with, with Hugh, Hugh and Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Jackson. I mean, just, just, just stuff that the one organ, thing after another. Right. The organ, they don't want this. Mm-hmm. They don't want this. You Red got flags. your problems with Hugh, man. Hold, just, uh, another guy who doesn't get enough credit for how he handled himself was Eli Manning. Oh man, Eli never gave you anything. And that and that type of media outlet in, in New York, I mean, the scrutiny he was getting—he was two-time Super Bowl champ, and he was still getting it. And and he never went on three. So nope. that's something that Baker's got to learn. And maybe Pete Carroll is the kind of coach that'll give it to him. Okay. You're also out there off in Seattle. It take you a minute to get to Seattle. Yeah, people are flocking there to Seattle. Not a lot of you know, not a lot of prime time. It's you know, no. So you know, they'll have a whole lot of huge media presence mm. in terms of, of as they do in New York or Philadelphia, or yeah. even right here with the Cowboys. So uh, that would be. I think Baker Mayfield may be helped to to go to a place that's Small kind of remote, market. head coach who can help him and guide him along the way, who's, who knows how to deal with that. And a season, coaches won a Super Bowl, so maybe Baker can get something there. But you know, he, he's got his own issues here, and, and and you know, he'd be wise to chat with someone like Dak Prescott. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Because he, yeah, because Dak is a, the model citizen of what you should be when you got that much scrutiny on you. You know, have Man. his wife talk to Tad Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> 
how to tweet, how to tweet your anger and displeasure without going over the line. <laughs> just tiptoeing it. Right. <laughs> just give him a little bit of, give him a little smoke. Not all the smoke. Not all the smoke. Just a little smoke. A little puff. Just a little bit here and there. That's it. Hey, that is, uh, that's the players' last week. Perfect way to end Jazz, we appreciate you filling in for Chris. Appreciate it, Jazzy fan. Yo, church, man, fun. We'll get McCray back here sooner or later. Thanks, everybody, for checking out the place. Yes, I'll be back with you next Monday. I'm off to Rangers opening day. Yes. Ballpark, man. So yes, indeed. They got offense. Got some cloud cover, they too. Some, so, hey, well, you good. It's indoor. Oh, it's indoor now. That is right. You got to yeah, worry about that. bougie out here nowadays, man. What's going on, Air conditioning, man. Good. It's all good. Climate control, man. Exactly. What is going on? <laughs> we'll chat with you later. Bye. Later. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys football club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!